we are recording in our respective home areas of the country. <laughs> I was like, where are you going with that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so if our audio is a little off, please don't hate us. We're using our Macs and we don't have our microphone set up for this one. And I know we were originally going to be talking about Doki Doki next, and we have recorded that episode, but we decided that we wanted to record a special Christmas episode because the day that we release is Christmas Day, and so we wanted to release Cthulhu Saves Christmas on Christmas Day as a little holiday cheer thing. I don't know. I'm rambling. Yeah, we're also recording cool. in the morning today. So. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> Lots of choices being made. <laughs> okay. This is going to be fun. It'll be good. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Bridget. And I'm Maddie. Welcome to Batty Breakdowns, where we break down various games, hang out, have fun, and help you find new games to play. Today, we're going to talk about Cthulhu Saves Christmas. We're going to start with a short description of the game, talk a little bit about how it's made and its critical reception, who made it, and then in the second half, we're going to deep dive on the game and our experience playing it. Closing with if we recommend it, who we recommend it to, and our personal rating for that game. With that, let's save Christmas. Okay, I've got the game description, so I'm just going to read the Steam description. It's very short and to the point. I kind of love it. Eldritch Horror saves Christmas for fun and profit in this (laughs) fast-paced, turn-based JRPG comedy. That sounds right. So I thought that was... Yeah. It's like, wow, a description that's actually like short to the point and describes the game. I was going to say the game is also short and to the point. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So you play as Cthulhu and you team up with Santa's granddaughter, Crystal, to rescue Santa, who has been kidnapped by the League of Christmas Evil. Mm -hmm. And there's there's the the intro of the game. All right, Bridget. Yeah, let's do it. So (laughs) (laughs) I am also sleepy in the morning. The uh, making of on this game was a little bit shorter as well, because this was definitely both a small studio and a small production. And I mean, Mm -hmm. one of the reasons that Maddie and I picked this game up was we were kind of looking for something Christmas themed and this was $2.99 on sale. So we're like, yeah, let's do it. Um, So Cthulhu Saves Christmas is a game that was made by Zaboid Games. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. I hope I am. It is a studio. Jaboy. Z- yeah, Jaboy. No, no. <laughs> I, I literally have no idea. Um, but it is made by two developers. So they uh, partnered up Robert Boyd and William, I think he goes by Bill Sternberg, 
And they have been working on actually quite a few different games. Like for a two-person studio, they have made way more games than I expected. And the Cthulhu Saves Christmas is actually a prequel to a different game that they released called Cthulhu Saves the World, which I think is probably the game that people would know the most about. Is that something that you've heard about, Maddie? Mm. Yeah, I saw that on the Steam page. Mm, mm -hmm. You can like click the developer and see the other games that they've published or created. Yeah, what Mm -hmm. was funny is, um, you know, I am home for Christmas and I was chatting with my brother because I played this like half of the week that I was there. And he was like, oh, is that from Cthulhu Saves the World? And I was like, yes. So he knew what it was. But they apparently had a pretty big Kickstarter back in the early 2010s for Cthulhu Saves the World. And people really appreciate the games that they make because they focus on bite-sized JRPGs, which I thought was a super fun concept and exactly what this game was. Like, I think most people who play JRPGs know that it usually includes a ton of the grind And a lot of it is just trying to level up your team and try and get to the areas that you know exist, but you can't actually fight yet. And so they specialize in these little bite-sized JRPGs that are a little bit more linear, a little bit shorter, but have really fun writing and interesting battle mechanics when it comes to the JRPG turn-based fighting. And a Mm -hmm. lot of their audience just continues to play their games because they really do have a focus on the kinds of games they play which is kind of fun nice yeah it's fun yeah and the last little bit is they (laughs) i'm only going to mention this because i thought it sounded so fun they have a next game that they've announced and they're coming out with it is a shakespeare themed magical girl jrpg comedy inspired by sailor moon which is just amazing i love the magical girl like genre that's my favorite one and so it sounded fun it sounded fun so I thought that does sound fun yeah Um, I know it sounded cool so the last little bit for the reviews steam was very positive it had a 9 out of 10 metacritic also had an 83 percent so overall people were feeling yeah very positive about this game the reviews themselves weren't super funny, which is kind of a shame because this game is so, so witty. I'll read a couple of them, but they're mostly just heartwarming. Cthulhu Saves Christmas is a festive treat, not huge enough to be considered a belt-loosening meal, but a sweet snack worthy of a taste, especially around the holidays. Cute. <laughs> yeah, that uh, is cute. Yeah. Um, and then another one, Christmas puns, video game references, meta humor, and festivity accurate history peppered throughout the game makes this a holiday joy. So overall, really, um, I know, it's just very like heartwarming. I was really surprised by how heartwarming I scrolled through a couple pages of it. And I'm like, where are all the people joking? This is such a jokey game. But no, everyone was just really sweet and nice about this game. So there you go. And I think that's all I've got. Nice. Okay, well, then let's get into the game. Um, Do you want to start with first impressions? You go first? Yeah. Okay. All right. So my first impressions for Cthulhu Saves Christmas is that the title screen music, I feel like we're only picking games with great music, but it fucking rules. Like it's so, I don't know. It's just, it's like very good. I'll put another clip of it in this because I'm going to start doing that more when we talk about the music because we did it for Dream Daddy and I was like, oh, I I think I should keep doing that because we're picking games with really good music for some reason. I I think it would be good if you did that because I honestly do not remember it. 
<laughs> oh, well, Terrible. I will put it right here in the background of all of this. Uh, it's very good. The other thing that I have is uh, the Christmas puns are quite good. Oh, my and gosh. And I wrote down a few. I am so mad. Okay, so for for the folks listening, a couple weeks before now, so before we played the game, I messaged Maddie and I was like, slay slash slay is such a good pun. I want to figure out how to use it. <laughs> and then in this game, in literally like the first five minutes, I they stole my slay pun. Yeah. <laughs> They were like, we slayed you, and don't you forget it. I was like, are you kidding me? My slay pun is gone. I'm so mad. But the puns are good. Yeah. The puns are good. Yeah. I wrote down a couple. We slayed you. Yeah. That's a great one. Up to snow good. Oh, that's... Uh, I liked that one a lot. (laughs) Painful. (laughs) Oh, and then I I just have another line that I thought was funny that we'll we'll get into later. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. So many of the lines were funny. I think that was that was yeah. one of the big first impressions I had too was just the humor I feel like took off right away. I love when games break the fourth wall. This game just dove right into it. Like right at the beginning, mm-hmm. fourth wall breaking right away, and that I thought was really fun because the the gameplay, I think, itself, as we'll get into, is pretty simplistic, in my opinion. But the writing itself was really witty. And, and you have, like, a narrator that is mm-hmm. narrating the game for you. And they're constantly breaking the fourth wall between the narrator and Cthulhu talking to each other. Yes. And I think my yeah. very favorite, like, fourth wall break right at the beginning, which is I, I took up to the tutorial is kind of my first impression this time. But at the end of the yeah. tutorial, you get a boss called Jack Frost. Yes. <laughs> he's, yes. And he's like, I'm all powerful. He's <laughs> like, nah, we're too early in the game for that. <laughs> and then yeah. and then he's so mad. He's like, I'm a tutorial boss. It's yeah, so good. I it love that. Yeah. It was good. I think the only other first impression I had, which is a little bit more about the usability of the game was this is a windows only game i am traveling so i have a mac and i had to bring in the parallels windows vm to be able to play this game which is fine Wild. yeah it, it's okay it worked fine actually playing it that way i didn't have any trouble it's not a very heavy load game but a on top of that, I didn't figure out that you could change the input controls. And I still don't know how to change the input controls. I found the button finally. The main tutorial section gives you a lot of information about how to do stuff. But when it tells you how to mm-hmm. do stuff, it uses terms like the main menu button. And I'm sitting here looking at my Mac keyboard going, what is a main menu button? And I'm like pressing all the mm-hmm. buttons, trying to figure out how in the world I get things to pop up. And I did finally figure some of that stuff out. But I will say that a little bit less intuitive than I expected because it's a keyboard only mm. game and they didn't use the names of the buttons that you're supposed to press. But you can figure it out. Oh, I used my controller for it. Oh, I didn't. Well, I didn't bring a controller, but that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I brought. I I brought my controller. I could see. (laughs) I could see how this would be much nicer as a controller game. As a keyboard game, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of like nitpicky arrow keying because you couldn't use your mouse. 
and yeah. it was a little tough using the arrow keys to move on a Mac because I've got my hand in the bottom right corner kind of like crooked and I'm like getting carpal tunnel from pressing these arrow keys yeah. so much. But yeah. 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 No, that makes sense. The one thing that I did have that I wanted to chat with you about a little bit mm-hmm. is it's a JRPG, but what makes it like what makes a JRPG? I know mm. that that's kind of a big question, <laughs> but I was just really curious because as I was getting into it, I was kind of like, what about this is JRPG besides mm-hmm. turn-based? Like, I haven't played that many JRPGs. I will admit that usually they make me pretty bored. And so of the JRPGs that I've played and from what I've read about them, the JRPG piece comes from you being able to insert yourself into another player's story and then having full control over how they kind of act that out. And I think the way that that results in gameplay a lot of the times is that, one, I think the turn-based combat is a really important aspect of JRPGs, but I think they also usually have a team-based strategy aspect. So when you have the little characters that you collect with the different Mm, skills mm -hmm. and the different combinations, I think that is also something that's pretty standard in a JRPG space. The one thing I Mm -hmm. don't know about and was interested in in this game in particular is the JRPGs that I have played never had a hub the way that this game did. So for those that are unfamiliar with Cthulhu Saves Christmas, at the end of each of the little like travel sections or between like main areas, you have to sit in a little town hub. Christmas Town? Is that what it's called? Christmas Town? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You sit in Christmas town for like seven days and each of the seven days you pick one place to hang out and you get like a cutscene per day and an item per day, depending on what you pick. And that yeah. I don't think is typically a part of JRPGs, but I could be very so, wrong. Uh, so this is actually the only part that I thought maybe was because oh. the only JRPG that I've played is Persona. Mm. And this is very much like... Persona, yeah, where you have a home base and then you get to allocate your day as you want. So let's just like, I'll just give a quick little summary for those listening of where we're at in the game. So you start, Cthulhu wakes up and he opens a present from quote unquote Santa. And when he opens it, it takes away his powers. After that, he's all mad He's like, oh, I'm going to get Santa for taking away my powers. And he leaves his little, I don't know, thing. Cave. (laughs) Realm. Realm. He leaves his realm. Yeah. And goes to the Christmas realm. I don't know if it's called the Christmas realm. I'm, But, you know. Yeah. I would would say it's pretty much a Christmas realm. That seems right. Yes. And he runs into Crystal, Santa's granddaughter. And he's like, hey, where's Santa? I want to beat him up. She says, oh, Santa was actually kidnapped. Your gift was from the League of Christmas Evil, and they took your powers away. So we have to defeat the League of Christmas Evil to save Santa, and then Santa can give you your powers back. And he's like, okay, fine. And that's how the game starts. And then you do the Mm -hmm. tutorial, and then you go to Christmas Town. Persona is similar to that. It's more than one activity, but it's kind of like you're going to high school, or Persona 5 is Mm -hmm. specifically what I'm talking about. You like go to high school and then you're trying to lev- level up different stats. And then the other thing that I noticed is the music. 
during this part, and I'll play it again, is very similar to Persona's bass oh. type music. So I think it was very directly yeah, uh, inspired by and referencing Persona 5, maybe specifically, I don't know for sure, mm-hmm. their music in the downtime that you have. Huh. Um, well, that's interesting. Because, like, yeah. I, I, so the the amount that I made it into Persona is not enough for me to be able to say even what the Persona gameplay was. And so it's really mm-hmm. interesting to hear you say that that hub was a part of it because that was the only part I was like, I wonder if this is typically in JRPGs and Octopath did just didn't just do that, you know? And mm-hmm. it's so maybe all of the pieces that they took are just pretty packaged JRPG stuff because it is a really short bite-sized game. It's a very quick game. I think I got through it in like five hours or something like that. And I was seven, but oh, okay. Well, what but... difficulty did you play it on? <laughs> I was about to ask you. I was like, I played on the earliest. I played on sane difficulty because oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't. Really I did want insane. To... Oh, is that the the hardest? middle one? Oh, the middle one. Okay. No, no, no. I did the middle one. For what it's worth, I do have thoughts later on the difficulty, and I should not have picked sane. That was a mistake. It was a big mistake. It's fine. Okay, interesting. Because I flip. Oh, okay, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> Towards the end. Cool. Okay, so after you do the first Christmas Day thing, you go to defeat the first member, or I guess the second member technically, because Jack Frost, yeah, the Jack tutorial was the boss, was the first. And and then the second person you add to your party is Baba Yaga. Yeah, did you read about uh, Baba which I Yaga? Thought was, I mean, I know about Bobby. Okay, Yaga, I... like the, <laughs> the Swamp Witch. <laughs> I did it, I did it. And I was like, who is this what? girl? I know. I was like, is this girl with a chicken on her head? What is happening? Well, I know that Belschnickel is real, and I, I, I wonder if this is also a real thing. So I search it up, and I see this like grotesque monster thing, and I'm like, oh, dumb. Yeah. So the reason I know about Baba Yaga is there's like a acquaintance that I have in Seattle, mm-hmm. and he's like a very funny, like dry, strange humor kind of guy Mm -hmm. and he (laughs) one time he just sent me a buzzfeed quiz about (laughs) baba yaga and i don't talk to him very much and i learned about baba yaga and i can't believe you took it why did you take it i don't know i was like okay he's like reaching out trying to be friends (laughs) Anyways, that's that's why I know about Baba Yaga. Okay, I that was, was my intro. Say, my intro is this girl with a chicken on her head, and that's fine too. That's fine. Yep, it's great. It, I and I loved Cluck Cluck the chicken. Mm-hmm. It was yes. a good touch. So the chicken on Baba Yaga's head is called Cluck Cluck. The one thing that I'll mention about Baba Yaga, and I I just please help me understand. So. As per typical JRPGs, when you get a party member, they have special, like, skills. And hers had something to do with chicken power. And I still don't know what chicken power is. I I didn't understand it. I I actually have that in my notes. I don't think I ever got how to utilize her. Me neither. The Baba Yaga character, because so much of her stuff, and I couldn't figure out if it was just a joke, grants you 50% more chicken power. And you're like... 
is that good? Is this a joke? And yeah. then it, it actually shows you the percentage on her name. Yeah. <laughs> Do if I get more chicken power, am I more powerful? I don't understand. <laughs> and so yeah. I, I just couldn't figure out how to use her. So I just used her and ignored the chicken power. I did too. And I as we get into more of the gameplay, like I think towards the end it started hurting that I didn't actually take the time to really learn oh. about how to utilize each of the characters especially mm-hmm. on the insane difficulty but the the next league of christmas evil because i i wanted to mention each of the yeah the members was the yule lads <laughs> which i thought I was loved. really funny i loved it yeah i think the my yule favorite lads. my favorite part of the yule lads is that when you go to fight them you have all these like 12 yule lads or whatever and they're like haha we're gonna fight you at 12 versus three at the time and then they're like oh well the game engine actually only supports five so you only get yes. five of them i, was like, I thought that was really good too so funny. Um, okay so after you fight the yule lads you pick up bell snickle and i do you know what this is referring to i yes. i've never heard of bell snickle so Can you explain it to me <laughs> Um, I actually did take this note, and it was funny for me. So Belschnickel, it's like a schna. The only reason I know Belschnickel is because of The Office. And have you watched The Office? Yeah, but okay. I don't remember it. So it was a scene with Dwight, and he comes in with a, mm. a, a whip on Christmas <laughs> as Belschnickel. And he's like, have no fear, Belschnickel's here. And he has like a song that he sings. I, I can't remember it for the life of me, but he has a song that he sings about like Belschnickel and the naughty children at Christmas and all this kind of stuff. And he he like names people impish or admirable. And if you are impish, you get like a whack with a whip. It's very, oh. yeah, it's very intense, but a very funny scene. And so I started quoting it as soon as they were like Belschnickel. And then they started referencing a TV show and bleeping stuff out. And I'm like, oh, they're making fun of people like me who immediately was like, haha, oh. The Office. <laughs> I was wondering what TV show it yes. was referencing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm it was glad the that you got that. And I'm pretty sure it was me they're making fun of. And that's fine. I appreciated it. Okay, so the next lad. Or not lad. <laughs> the next member of the League of Christmas Evil is the Mouse King. Not mm-hmm. the Rat King, but mm-hmm. the Mouse King. That one was fine. Yeah. I, I don't think there was... That one was probably the least memorable for me. Except for this is yeah. where they started quoting, you can beat people with the power of friendship. Because that's how things work in games. And so you had all these mice and they're going, but we're not friends. <laughs> and that was pretty funny. Yes. That was pretty funny. Yeah. And then the next one is a character named Mary Lude. And I also wrote, I don't know what that's referring to either. Yeah, I didn't get that. I I cannot help there. I don't know what that is. Okay. And then the next one is Belle, a giant Christmas bell monster. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't even really look like a bell, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, And then the next one was the giantess Kryla which I don't know what that is either. Mm -hmm. And then the last one, or the uh, not last one, but last one is Krampus. Yeah, which I think everybody kind of knows. Yes, which everyone knows kind of Krampus. Okay, so there's there's the official League of Christmas Evil. Yes. Um, 
as you're going through the game. And so at this point, let's give our mid to end game maybe thoughts. And I have one yeah. thing that I wanted to talk about specifically that made me laugh. <laughs> okay, you seem excited, so do it. <laughs> oh, okay. So uh, each after each area, so after each boss that you beat, like we said, you go to the Christmas town and you right. get to do your various things around town and it either gives you items or weapons that upgrade each of your characters Mm -hmm. and some of the stuff that you can do around town is hang out with the members of your party Mm -hmm. and if you visit belschnickel or best beschnickel what is it (laughs) belschnickel besnickel besnickel belschnickel (laughs) i'm struggling it's kind of kinky did you ever do that Oh, no? What? Wait. Okay, no, but okay. I did. I did his because I got all of the relationships. I got the achievement for, like, dating. It, well, not dating, but, like, building the relationship. Oh, maybe you, them. like, sped through it because you tend to... It's I know true. that you said sometimes you tend to do that. It's true. Um, the only one I paid attention to is Baba <laughs> Yaga, so... <laughs> so if you vis- visit Belschnickel, he tells Cthulhu that he's been naughty and whips him. <laughs> He's like, you've been naughty, and he whips him, and then he, like, throws candy at him and is like, eat it. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. And then Cthulhu's like, I don't want to, and he's like, eat it. And then then Cthulhu eats the candy. It's a very Dom sub. I don't know. I was just like, ooh, this is a little spicy. Maybe I'm reading into that more than it should be but he like whips cthulhu multiple times and it's like eat the candy you bitch (laughs) okay okay so for what it's worth i did do that storyline and i do remember the whipping but i don't know that i was in the headspace sitting sitting watching christmas (laughs) movies with my family while i played this to be like oh oh Yeah. Okay. What about you? I think anything. Yeah. For me, mid game, I think my favorite part was the um, boss with the the Christmas bell. I think, and so Mm -hmm. during the Christmas bell one, uh, this I guess comes to one of my critiques of the game. But each of the regions was really repetitive for me, and I felt like Mm -hmm. I felt like the majority of the reason about mid game that I was playing was to hear the dialogue and hear the funny Mm -hmm. jokes because the gameplay in each region on the easy difficulty level was button mashing pretty much like I could pick just about anything and I didn't die the whole time um it was Mm. it was very straightforward um gameplay and so I was pretty much only playing for the funny jokes and so in the middle I was really pleasantly surprised when we get to the bell and the Christmas carolers, ev- Christmas evil boss, because mm-hmm. you get bumped into this alternative dimension that is described as a pocket dimension that is both eviler and a little chickenier, <laughs> which is amazing. And then chickens could talk in this dimension, and I just loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved that yes. Cluck Cluck is sitting there on Babiaga's head and is actually like talking to you and giving story and all this kind of stuff. And it was actually a little devastating when we had to leave the pocket dimension, and uh, poor Cluck Cluck start uh, starts to slowly go 
Pock, yeah. Pock, Because <laughs> he can't I talk know. anymore. And I was like, oh no, it lost sentience. It was very sad. But I really liked that section just because I thought it was really creative and fun. But I think for the most yeah. part in my mid game, the most that I was thinking about was hey, this is a really funny game. It's really well written. And I laughed so many times during it. The problem is for me, the gameplay just didn't feel exciting to me. I don't know. And I I kind of wanted there to be more. Yeah, I thought it was really repetitive. And I think this is where the insane difficulty might have been the better move, at least at this point, because I did have to pay attention to like enemy weaknesses Mm -hmm. and try to match up the attacks with enemy weaknesses or play to the strengths of each of the characters. Yeah. But but yeah, I mean, I thought it was really repetitive as well. Like it kind of started to drag for me, um, especially towards the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when I switched it. I actually, for the last two bosses, I switched it to Sane. Oh. Because I was kind of done with the gameplay. Yeah. <laughs> did you, so, um, I, on, on insane difficulty level, did you still get all of your health back after every single, like, random encounter? Yes, which I did enjoy. Okay. I actually liked that. I couldn't... I think it would... I don't, I don't know. You I, don't know if you liked it or not? I couldn't figure it out, because I think at first during like maybe the first hour or two I was like this is really nice I don't have to worry about having to redo all the stuff or dying all the time or micromanaging like my health bars all that kind of stuff and so that felt good to me but I feel like about halfway through the game every battle felt pointless to me because I knew as long as I could make it to the end of this battle then I would be fine so during the gameplay I don't know that we described this yet you have both your per character powers, which you have a set Mm -hmm. of four that you get to manually select yourself. And then you get a set of three that are randomized and one that's like your reset the uses of these skills that you have because you usually only get like one use of them unless it's otherwise like stated that it's reusable. And so you have this like set of per character skills then you have your items which are actually reusable between each battle which i did not know and so i didn't use any items for like the first half of the game because i i thought that i would lose them and i didn't have very many and then you have a last tab which is like this combined allies tab where you have special powers depending on the ally that you're on and their like combined powers with another ally And so those ones are pretty strong. And so I feel like with a combination of Cthulhu's uh, later powers and those combined powers, I could I could one shot a lot of stuff with just Cthulhu. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then with those combined powers, I was doing pretty okay. And then um, I liked the charm ability a lot. Charm you had it would tell one enemy that they would attack their own allies instead of attacking you and your party and I used Mm -hmm. that and with the combination of those three things I made it through about 99% of the game without like thinking about it and so Mm -hmm. the getting health regenerated every single time I don't know. It felt like I didn't have to care about anything but I was on the same difficulty and I did that because I didn't know that I could take the mental (laughs) 
effort of insane mm-hmm. um, at the beginning and it defaulted to sane. So I was like, oh, okay. So I'm assuming sane is the base one. So the reason I switched it to sane is because I did get stuck mm-hmm. in a battle. It wasn't even a boss battle. It was just a regular one. Oh, okay. And I, towards the end, it was like in that last area before you meet Krampus. Mm-hmm. And I tried that battle like six times. Oh my gosh. Okay. And I never won it. And I was like, it's impossible for me to win this thing. Mm. Um, and I had to do the game over and I hadn't saved for like 30 minutes. <gasps> oh, that's so sad. And it took me back to that save. And so I kind of like rage put it to same <laughs> so that I could just blow through the rest because I was like, fuck this. I'm going to just. And then at that point, it was like you said, like th- nothing was a challenge on yes. sane. Yeah. At that point. The other thing that I'd love to add about like the mid game stuff is the thing I really did appreciate was that you got all of the characters really quick and then you didn't have to abandon them at any point in time to like trade them out for other characters. So like I really don't. Like, I'll, I'll give Pokemon as a stupid example, but it's an example. You collect all these mm-hmm. little babies, and I want to be able to have them all walk around with me, and I want to fight with all of them. Yeah. And so I really liked in this game that you got all of your people really fast, and then they all came in at an equal level. I thought it was yeah. nice. Yeah. No, I, I liked that, too. The other thing that I, I enjoyed is, did you ever go to the menu and do the party talk? Oh, yes. That was so funny. I didn't know what the button was going to do, and it did it. It was funny. I liked it. Yeah. I did that every once in a while, and it had new dialogue oh. every time that I did it. Mm-hmm. That's fine. So I just in the, did it once, For I those think. listening, in the game, the menu, it has some a button called party talk, and you select it, and then it just goes to the character's. And they all talk to each other and say something kind of funny. I thought that was a nice touch. Okay. Do you want to talk about the very ending? Um, do a little spoily on the last person that you fight. And sure. then our closing thoughts. Yeah, let's do it. I will do the spoily. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end of this, um, fighting the League of Christmas Evil, like Maddie mentioned, you get to Krampus. And Krampus actually has a surprise in and of himself because as you're fighting Krampus, um, which I wrote down this quote and I don't remember who was the one who said it. I think it was Krampus, but he was like, I am the naughty list Santa baby. And I just, I cannot yes. with that line. It was probably my favorite line of the, the whole game. It's so ridiculous. And then in the middle, after you battle Krampus and you defeat him, then Krampus has another creature that comes up behind him that is from the Lovecraftian like horror genre. So I cannot mm-hmm. pronounce this name. There's no way. Not Nyarlathotep? Nyarlathotep. I have no idea either. Yeah, that's that's what I you guys are going to say. Nyarlathotep. Yeah. So there, you <laughs> you guys can understand that we cannot pronounce that, but on the plus side, you can probably attempt to spell it based on a really sad pronunciation and figure out who it is. Nyarlathotep shows up and he's like, did you not think that there would be more like this is the final boss what are you doing and he revives Krampus and then you have to fight both of them and then once Mm -hmm. you fight both of them 
theoretically, you're supposed to be done, right? You rescue Santa. Santa's kind of a, I don't know, Santa was kind of a jerk. He just, like, disappeared. <laughs> it's just like, I'm out. <laughs> and Thank you. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> so you, like, rescue Santa from this cage, and then he just, like, pieces out. And you think he's going to go deliver presents or something. But then you end up back in Christmastown. And on Christmastown, the UI every day in Christmastown says something like Christmas Eve, the 36th or the 48th, because the whole idea is that Christmas can't come because Santa has been kidnapped. And so you're Mm -hmm. perpetually stuck on Christmas Eve. And so when you get to the Christmas town at this point, it still says Christmas Eve, the, I don't remember the number I had, I think the 48th, something around there. 47? 47, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so something like that. And so because you are stuck on Christmas Eve, the 48th, clearly the game hasn't actually ended because you're still in Christmas town and it's Christmas Eve still and something's very wrong. And you spend some time in Christmas Town, which actually, Maddie, I wanted to ask you about. So when I was in Christmas Town during this like end of game, not end of game place, I hadn't finished any of the relationship trees with our party members yet. I was mm. really close on all of them, but I hadn't finished them. And I didn't get the chance to move on to this next phase until I had done full relationships with all three of them is that what happened to you or like how did it go well I think I I think I accidentally did that anyways I didn't notice that it wasn't moving on oh okay so you still had to do it but you I mean I did do it yeah I did do it but I I didn't notice it being more days than normal I thought it was like the same like you get an allotted like Mm. four days or something maybe then it just magically worked out for me Two? I I really so I f- assumed I had finished in just a couple of days, way less than the normal like seven day week. I assumed that I had to finish the relationships in order to move forward, but maybe I didn't. Maybe it was just a short. I think week. it was more of a coincidence because yeah. I never. I don't think I ever finished. Uh, Belschnickel. Oh, okay. You didn't get the final. Like they all had a statement at the end that was very clearly like you finished their loop. You didn't do that with Belschnickel. No, I did Babiaga and Crystal, and then I got a girlfriend on the beach. You could you could get a girlfriend on the beach. Mm-hmm. If you go to the beach enough, you get a girlfriend. What? What are you? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> well, now I'm mad. I yeah. I spent too long trying to get Babiaga's house with the chicken legs. Yeah, no, I I liked that one a lot. But you, I didn't know that there were other storylines. Every other place that I did, like I did the mall a lot and I did the post office and mm. I did the soup kitchen a lot. But I don't even know that I ever went to the beach. Does it, does that ruin your relationship with Crystal? Because she kind of hits on you a lot. No, no, it doesn't. Because oh. Cthulhu doesn't like her back. <laughs> it's true, but I just thought that was like Cthulhu. But did Cthulhu the- like the girlfriend on the beach? Well, it's funny because you get to choose. So, like, the girl on the beach is like, well, you be my boyfriend. And then I think, oh, I should have written it down. It was something funny. I think it was (laughs) – I think it's something about Bay. It was something with Bay. Oh. (laughs) Totes Bay or something like that. Love it. Uh, And you get to select either Totes Bay or no, go away. Fine. I'll I'll get a girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I, th- that that was what I did. I'm really disappointed that I missed that then. But anyway, yeah. Um, so you end up with 
Christmas town, you're stuck in Christmas town, you end up trying to guess what's going on and what's wrong. And so they start naming Christmas themed things and they end up with Scrooge and the ghost of Christmas past, present and surprise the ghost of Christmas future is our, actually Future. our final boss, which I didn't see coming. Fair enough. I did not see coming. Um, Me neither. And this ghost of Christmas future can predict and show a world of what it would be like without Santa. And so that you get blasted into this future, this theoretical future of Santa isn't there anymore and everything's dilapidated and sad. I got lost in this world so, so many times. Um, But you eventually make it to the Ghost of Christmas Future. You battle them as per usual. I don't think there was anything super special about it. I didn't think so. Yeah, I didn't think so. And then you win. And you yeah. save Christmas. Cthulhu saved Yay. Christmas. As per the title card, we were not lied to. He did save him. And then apparently after that, and I didn't go this far, but you can actually play a new game plus afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I pressed the button and the dialogue was pretty funny. Like, why am I back here? I don't want to be here. But, you know, you end up in a new game plus. It looks like pretty much the same thing with maybe some different weapons. So I didn't keep playing because I was pretty done at that point. But uh, there is yeah. a new game plus for people who wanted a little bit more because it was pretty short. Yeah. Oh, and then the other thing is Santa does stay true to his word and oh. gives Cthulhu his powers back yes, at that's the very a, end. That's a good call. And they reference uh, Cthulhu saves the world there. They're like, no, he has to have his powers yeah. back and it'll work out fine. Don't worry about it. And that was pretty funny. It made me kind of want to play the other one. Yeah, yeah I did. I did kind of want to play the the next one. Too. Yeah, because yeah. I, I had heard based on what I had read that the next one is a little less linear than this one was. And so I was kind of interested to see if you got some of the humor and having it be a little bit more complex would be a little bit more interesting for me but mm-hmm. um and my brother really liked it because I was chatting with him about it so maybe I'll give it a shot okay closing thoughts closing thought for me I, I don't know that I would give it the highest rating but I'd probably recommend it because it was just three bucks and it was really mm-hmm. funny and it did get me into the Christmas spirit which is really what I wanted yeah. at the end of the day you know <laughs> yeah what about you um I do agree. Got me in the Christmas spirit. And the all the other good thing about it is you can adjust the difficulty at any time. Mm. So that's why I, I enjoyed that I was able to um, – sorry, my dog is drinking water in the background, and I really hope it's not getting picked up. It's okay. Uh, it's not – <laughs> this isn't live, so we can – you know, it's fine. I can try editing magic on it. I would recommend it to people who – typically are fine with turn-based combat. Mm-hmm. If you don't like turn-based combat, I would honestly maybe skip it. Or if it's like on sale, play it on the same difficulty if you want to just experience the, the story. Story. Yeah. Um, and then I, I will say that my favorite part was actually the Christmas Town like in-between parts, to be <laughs> honest. Personally, for me, a 2.5 out of 5, like right in mm-hmm. the middle Maybe a three if I'm going on like the story. I guess three out of five tentacles. Baba Yaga. <laughs> chicken eggs. <laughs> you can chicken you, eggs. You can be chicken eggs and I'll be tentacles this time. Okay. <laughs> I think I would what, what's your rating? I would give it uh, honestly two tentacles. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, that's fair. I loved the writing, and that is the reason I'm giving it the two. But I think because I dislike JRPGs in general, I was just too bored. And I found myself about halfway through being like, oh, no, I have to finish this game. (laughs) And that feels bad. And people really liked it. So I don't want people to be discouraged not to try it. I think... Uh, I'm just that little subset of the audience that Maddie mentioned is like, oh, if you don't like turn-based combat, then this might not be the game for you. Definitely would recommend it for folks, especially at the $2.99 price point that Maddie and I picked it up at. But it was a little bit lower, I think, on my would play again list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Happy Hanukkah. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you liked it, don't forget to subscribe and rate it so the algorithm gods are in our favor. Uh, You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Batty Breakdowns and visit our website, BattyBreakdowns.com, made by Bridget Keen. The podcast art was done by Tanisha Vernikar, and the podcast song was made by me, and it was also edited by me, Maddie Wisnett. Join us next time to hear us two baddies break down high on life. I am pumped for high on life. I am ready. (laughs) Actually, I don't know if I'm ready for it, but I'm ready for it. (laughs) I'm ready for it. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye, y'all. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas.